All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Whatever A Show, episode 11, um, and really there's a whole bunch of shit we're going to talk about. Uh, a lot of it is going to revolve around what just happened at Comic-Con uh, this past weekend, uh, some new trailers and whatnot, so we're going to just kind of jump right into it without getting too far um, into, you know, listing lists and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, again, welcome to the show. I'm Matt. This is Eddie. Um, here we go. So, um, I guess before we jump into uh, too much stuff, anything new happened with you this week? I got cool shit for my keyboard that nobody probably cares about, but uh, no, that's pretty much it. Oh, hey. I actually built a mod for my computer too, which is uh, totally going to be appreciated by nerds that I need to post some pictures of or something like that. Essentially what it is is a box um, with a set of switches on it. So it's got a key switch and then, you know, like one of the missile style cover toggles. And then the red reset button, mostly because the switches look cool. But I actually hooked it up so now they uh, operate power for my computer. Because this actually was a practical application. Um, my son, my tower sits on the floor. And so my son comes over and presses the buttons, which is super fucking annoying. So I uh, made this little thing instead. So now you have to have a key and then flip up the miss missile cover, and the, the little red cover switch thing before you can actually power the machine on and off. So, like, you don't know if you're turning your computer on or... Launching a nuclear strike yeah, at a it, small it feels, country. Like, it feels like I do it. I'm sure my wife is like, ah, oh, stupid. But, like, when I do it, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like, a little nervous. Gonna, you know, flip the machine on. But, yeah, that was fun. Right on. Um, I got to play with a compute stick. Yeah. The Intel compute stick. Have you seen those? Uh, yeah. I they, think so. they, they literally are a little bit bigger than a Chromecast. Wow. But it's, but it's a, it, like, it's a full on computer. It's got a USB port in it. Um, I mean, if you're going to operate anything with it, you, you basically have to have like a, a wireless keyboard and mouse combo that operates yeah. with one receiver or plug in a USB hub, like huh. a powered hub. But I wonder what, what uh, kind of specs that thing is running. Like if it's more like comparable to a Raspberry Pi or if it's more comparable to like, say, a Chromebook in, in you know, application. It. I mean, it runs Windows 8.1. Oh, really? Like that's that's what it comes on. It comes with it. So, I mean, well, you can get it. Actually, you can get it with Linux, or you can get it uh, with Windows, or you can get it with Zero operating system and install your oh. own. Um, uh, they're kind of cool. I mean, it's not like I would buy it for my average everyday computer, but no. Um, where I work in a nursing environment, like that could very easily translate because a lot of our a lot of our staff don't use their actual computers for much um they use our medical records program and that's it which with the compute stick we could essentially clear up all the floor space that their towers currently sit on and things like that at some point and oh. and they could actually log into the medical records program via remote desktop application which we already use in a lot of places around the building anyway so um we're not headed that direction just yet because we haven't i mean we got we got to basically run this thing through the paces and, and kind of see how long it's viable for before we can really I imagine migrate, that's but. IT applications and specific applications like that are probably what it's designed for like one of the, the immediate thing that I think that's awesome here is depending on cost you do you happen to catch cost on the thing uh, I think it was like 150 bucks or not very much. See, but like at 150 bucks now, I think you've got something that's almost like a throwaway replaceable part. Like when your user breaks a keyboard, it's not like a, oh man, we got a budget for that or anything. You just send them a keyboard probably. Um, 
and likewise, you know, when you have this issue, I imagine that it's probably fairly simple to image them and have them up and running, you know, just have hot spares sitting around. So yeah, 152 bucks, 150 bucks. So, yeah. uh, and especially for purpose-driven applications like that, or the other thing I was thinking is if like they're running displays or something, um, cause I've, I've seen Raspberry Pis used for that. Um, but the compute stick is, is probably a little bit nicer for that type of application. Um, as far as ease of use goes. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's something else. Like I was, I was pretty impressed by it. Um, yeah. I had not really heard of them. I mean, they're brand new. They just came out this last month. See, there you go. Uh, a solution that we're looking at Amazon right now. It says a solution with plenty of storage and performance for light productivity, social networking, web browsing, streaming media, such as Netflix, Hulu, or games. I think actually this may be my next, uh, TV box. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, if it, if like, it plays 1080, if it plays 1080 video and can do Plex, then. Yeah. More, more than my solution for for work purposes i think it, this is probably oh, what shit. it was designed um, for i wonder if it'll do steam and in-home streaming too um i don't know uh i, I mean presumably because if um but i wonder what the performance would look like on that because that that to me i've been looking sort of for the ultimate you know cheap media box to attach to my pc or attached to my tv you know um, because um, I like the ease of use of like the Roku's and Apple TV's and Amazon boxes and stuff like that, but you eventually run into some sort of, you know, like I want to put this thing on my TV and I can't with the stupid box that I have on it, which is, um, uh, in lots of ways alleviated by having a decent PC attached to it. So I've been looking at, you know, hooking up a Raspberry Pi or something more configurable or, um, but the Raspberry Pi is so underpowered that, that you start to run into performance issues um, and things like that, even though it really can do 1080 native as long as you're using the hardware encoder. But that's not stuff I want to worry about. So yeah, that's cool. So there's a couple things um, on here which it okay. So you've got I'm trying to look for a resolution here. I can't find it. It doesn't say what its what its max resolution is, but it's it's Intel HD graphics. So you got a quad core Atom processor in it, um, which yeah. is pretty badass. It's 64 bit, although the operating system that comes installed on it is is 8.132 bit. Um, given that it's only got 32 gigs of space in total, you really don't probably want to load 64 bit Windows on it because it's going to take up most of that space. That's the thing I'm calling bullshit on. They say plenty of storage. Once you put the OS on there. And it runs updates and all that kind of stuff. It's not really that much storage, but yeah, twenty um, gigs. I, again, I'd look at this as like a thin client application. Like, um, yeah, obviously you're not gonna probably use this as the box that drives all your media or anything like that. Like, if you're if you're looking at an app application like I am, but I I don't do that already anyway. Everything goes from my server to a Roku. So. Same. Same. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's what I'm saying is the only thing that's a little bit misleading about the product description is it says plenty of storage. Yeah. It's not really plenty of storage. If you did want to use it, um, to store media at your local home. So, so maybe you don't have a server like we do or whatever. Yeah. Um, a real simple solution would just buy, be to buy a, a decent USB three powered hub. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even have, it doesn't even have to be three because you're, um, it's not a USB three onboard port so usb2 uh yeah. powered hub and then um just a sizable flash drive and just plunk that guy in there and it can just live there if you really wanted to store stuff on it yeah so not uh not a 
it, I mean, it would take up a little bit more space that way. But I mean, heck, if you don't have a full on server or anything like that, and you just want to be able to watch media on your, TV, you know, sixty yeah. inch TV or whatever, that's a good solution for it. I think. Yeah. Um, and for those of you that maybe don't rush out and look at it on the internet or whatever, basically what it is is it is a it, it literally is a little bit longer and wider than a uh, Amazon Fire Stick or Chromecast or whatever. Um, it, it plugs into your TV or monitor via HDMI. Oh, micro SD slot too. It does have an onboard micro SD there slot. There you go. There's another, I think, what is micro 60, SD? 128, I think. I think you get 128 yeah. now. Um, so that's, that's modest. You, if you, if you're not a power user, you don't have a ton of pictures or something like that you want to have, that, that could be. Yeah, totally. And, um, this box comes with, uh, quite a bit of stuff in it. Actually, there's a power adapter. There's a HDMI extender, so if you have a TV that has one of those bullshit recessed places yeah. in the back where that you only have so much space to plug in, those things are handy as hell. Um, and then it's powered by um, a micro, 5-pin micro USB, so you can either use the power adapter that comes with it, or if your TV or monitor or what have you supplies power via USB on, on board, you can power plug it straight it from that. Nice. Yeah. So... Um, anyway, okay, not, well, I didn't know I wanted that until five minutes ago, but now uh, I kind of do. Yeah. And I totally didn't mean to turn this into a sales pitch either. It was just uh, a cool little piece of technology I got to play with this week. So we've actually had it in the office for like a month now and we just unboxed oh, yeah. it yesterday nice. or the day before. So, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so cool. Yeah. Go check it out if that's, if that's what you're interested. So, um, let's, let's start the actual show with a, with a little bit of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So for those of you who may not have heard, uh, Ezra Miller um, was cast as uh, the Flash, and is this Donna Justice? Is he in it? I don't know if Ezra makes it into Donna Justice. Uh, I think I think he doesn't because I think Donna Justice is already kind of jam packed with new characters. So yeah. I think Ezra's first appearance is probably going to be in, in a standalone Flash movie, but he's definitely cast as the Flash, and, and that's coming up. Uh, I think in twenty seventeen. Okay, I think we got a few years to yeah. go before he's actually out. But yeah. So anyway, so so we've linked a video um, of an MTV interview with Ezra Miller explaining the intricacies of the of, of parallel universes um, between he and Grant Gustin's Flash character, um, what it means for him to be the Flash, uh, and he doesn't mention what drugs he's on while he's yeah. doing the interview, My- but it's pretty apparent that. Uh, my my gut says he's celebrating with the rest of us Oregonians that just got legal marijuana. Uh, yeah, whether he, in spirit or in, in Portland or something. But uh, yeah, he's pretty fucked up. He yeah, <laughs> I'd say baked baked would be putting it lightly. It, it, it's it's hilarious. The video is really nice. And if he's not, then he he's just a really enthusiastic guy, which makes me kind of excited for him because um, he clearly like likes wants to do the job. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, yeah, go, go watch go, it. You'll, go you'll watch see it. What we're talking it's, about. it's good yeah. for a laugh. Um, speaking of laughs, man, uh, I didn't, I hadn't seen this until you brought it up to me. But the the leaked uh, the leaked Deadpool footage. Yeah, um, you can. We'll have a link in the show notes, which probably won't work by the time you get to it because they're being taken down all over the place because it wasn't actually supposed to come out yet. But at San Diego Comic Con, they showed a trailer of the Deadpool movie, and it looks awesome. Yeah, it. I mean. From from what I saw, everything I was expecting a Deadpool movie should be, so far is. 
Yeah, it's so. it's it's in there. Um, so it, you probably already saw the um, leaked, but nobody really cared footage uh, from the Deadpool test that they did a while back. Um, or if you haven't seen it, go Google it. It's pretty cool. Um, so there's a little bit of that in the comic or in the trailer. But that that vibe that you get from that leaked footage is totally present in the trailer without being a complete ripoff. So it seems like they really want to do a good Deadpool movie. Um, you know, this is definitely not going to be a rehashing of all the stupid shit in Wolverine. And we got a nice little uh, nod to uh, um, how uh, Ryan Reynolds feels about the Green Lantern movie in, in the, the trailer as well. So I'll let you look for that one on your own. But that was some pretty funny shit, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was it was definitely good. Uh, I, yeah, man, I, I there's nothing I have to say that's bad about this. Um, the one thing that I will I will put out there if you haven't seen it yet and you do see it they do show some footage of of him without his mask on and his face in the comic books is usually a little bit more tumory than that and i don't i don't know if that's why this was leaked footage because it wasn't quite done yet my understanding is that it it was supposed to come out in a few weeks but the the effects weren't completely dialed in on the on the trailer and everything so um so I don't know if it was that or what, but it it does kind of resemble Deadpool's face from the end of of the Wolverine Origins movie, although he has a mouth and yeah. whatnot. It just it 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 kind of has the same feel to it as that. Um, the the movie itself, or at least the trailer of the movie itself, doesn't have that feeling. the The trailer is it looks like a really fun fucking movie. Like, yeah, like I. As much as you probably hated Deadpool and Wolverine because the character in Wolverine was not Deadpool, just a character who happened to have a similar name, um, th- this is definitely Deadpool. Um, the only th- thing I'll say is the jokes fell a little bit flat, but not so much so that uh, um, it wasn't like bad. It wasn't like oh my god, I can't, I can't watch this movie. Um, but th- th- there are some places it could be funny, and maybe they will be. I must, it, this is just a trailer. The movie could be hilarious. But even even then, what I saw from the trailer has me nothing but hype for this movie. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we also posted some more pics um, from the Deadpool set that was in uh, Entertainment Weekly. Um, so go check those out, too. Um, if you watch the movie trailer first, you're going to see kind of some of the same images yeah. um, from that. Um, but these are actually like professionally done photography, not a, not a, uh, a camcorder, shaky cam recording from from Comic-Con. Comic-Con, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, those are, those are pretty cool too. Uh, again, and I think we talked about this either last week or the week before, but really happy with the, with the costume. Oh yeah. The costume looks amazing. Um, and, and it really does throughout the whole trailer. The look of the movie to me it just absolutely nails it. So yeah, um, and, and they're definitely getting the Deadpool vibe. Like uh, the the Green Lantern thing I said I said is sort of a nod towards the fourth wall um, uh, thing that Deadpool does all the time. And Deadpool's actually funny and snarky, and you know. Yeah, and the the fourth wall. He did break the fourth wall a little bit. Um, at least I I presume that was the intention. Is uh, during the trailer he actually kind of looks directly at the camera and says, "Hit the music." Yeah. So, um, <laughs> which is actually a great, uh, uh, moment, I think. Yeah. We, we wanted this to happen for Deadpool and I'm, I'm super stoked that Ryan Reynolds got it yeah, done. It, 
if you told me a year ago we were gonna get like a true to life like awesome deadpool movie i would have been completely shocked and wouldn't believe you but this is pretty much amazing so or, yeah you know the best i could hope for so yeah absolutely um more trailer stuff uh, get ready because you're gonna have lots of trailer stuff lots of trailer talk tonight yeah um suicide squad suicide squad so I actually really like this trailer, and this has me a lot more hopeful for the Suicide Squad movie, which I think actually is going to turn out, at least so far, it looks like the Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. Which um, I don't think is a bad thing. Harley I, Quinn's an awesome character. So. No, and Margot Robbie, from what I've seen, both in pictures and in this trailer, uh, dude, I don't I don't know that they could have found somebody better yeah, she at this lo- point. She looks like she's killing it. Like, um, I don't hate will smith as deadshot i'm pretty on board with that now i mean i could see why it might end up being a controversial decision but the fact that uh margot robbie an actress i'd previously basically never heard of clearly outshines in this trailer yeah and that seems to be the direction they're going with it um i I don't want to say well i wouldn't say outshines but I, i could see why people would probably think that will smith should be overpowering this trailer and he really doesn't so no, you shouldn't. I, I, like the character of Deadshot is not a. Um, he could be a leading guy if he wanted to, but I don't. I don't, I don't think the character himself wants to. You know what I mean? He's yeah. kind of. He does what he does because he does it. Um, the one thing, my one piece of criticism, uh, criticism about Will Smith in this movie, and this this isn't his fault by any means. It is the fact that they gave him the tagline basically to the movie and, and they put it in the trailer, you know, whether, whether that piece of dialogue makes the final cut of the movie, it probably will because it's, it's going to be a a thing, but he does, he does, he says something along the lines of, so we're, so we're the Patsies. Yeah. We're we're suicide squad, you know, and that's, it it was a little too on the nose. Like I kind of expected him to say it, but, I thought it was a little too, like, he might as well have looked and stared directly at the camera and said, you know, we are the Suicide Squad. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, On the, on the reverse side of this though, like I'm giving him a hundred percent props for the fact that, uh, the last superhero movie he did, which I believe was Hancock. Was that the last one he did? Yeah, I think so. Was fucking terrible. And this movie has the potential to completely erase that from our minds. Well, I'm just actually the thing that makes me happy about this movie so far, or the trailer especially, is that he doesn't seem to want to take over the movie. No, uh, um, he looks like, and the, the trailer I think is pretty indicative of that. Like, like I said, Will Smith is definitely star power, and he could easily dominate this trailer whether he was playing uh, um, Deadshot or you know Henchman Number Three. Um, but it doesn't look like that at all. It doesn't look like the, that's the direction they're going with it. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure Will Smith is going to be playing, have a lot more screen time than whoever the hell plays the, the croc, but, um, it's or, not, it doesn't look bad right now. Or right any now number of other characters that are half just of there. people aren't even going to have even a vague recognition of. Yeah. Um, and we do, I think in this trailer, we do get to see that Batman is involved. Yeah. There's a, he's on top of the car and we do see some Joker in there. So before we get into the Joker, um, because that's going to probably be, it's going to be a bit of a discussion, a bit of a discussion on that before we get into that. Um, I do. So there's, there's dialogue between Amanda Waller and I presumably a high ranking military official at the beginning. Oh yeah. Shreve. It's gotta be Shreve or something like that. 
I think that dialogue is somewhat contrived. That, yeah. Uh, Amanda Waller, I don't necessarily know how I would have done her differently. I think casting probably has a lot to do with it. Actually, um, okay, I'm, sorry, I, 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 I'm giving Warner Brothers kudos for not casting Wanda Sykes <laughs> <laughs> as Amanda Waller. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Um, I just, I didn't like the dialogue between the two of them. It seemed like they were basically trying to create catchphrases, you know, one-liners that they could put on a poster or whatever at some point. Like, I put them in a hole and threw away the hole. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. I, um, I actually really like who who they cast as Amanda Waller, and and she looks, I think, very comic booky, depending on which version you're reading, because Amanda Waller's been played different ways in different books, but, um, yeah, I I completely agree. That, that whole scene of dialogue is just terrible. I I mean, it, 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 again, like I said before, with, uh, Will Smith, you know, given the Suicide Squad line, it's just way too on the nose. Um, so I, I think they could, and maybe, and I'm hoping that's just the trailer. A lot of the times they do stuff like that. So the, the, the audience, you know, especially because I don't think suicide, suicide squad's a major property. Um, but they do things like that. So they know what, uh, you know, regular people know what they're getting into. So I'm hoping nothing like that actually makes it into the film. Um, you know, they, they probably have to set it up somewhat in the film. There has to be a little bit of an origin story here. Um, but yeah, they, they gotta, they gotta do better with that dialogue. Yeah. Um, so, so let's tackle the giant green haired elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the trailer, we get to see the Joker in a couple of different shots. Um, we were told when they first put the, the picture out, um, on Twitter and whatnot, that this may not be the final Joker that we're seeing in the movie. Well, it turns out it is. Yeah. I, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to all the tattoos and shit like that. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure what's there, but he's still got the fucking grill. Like, uh, somebody actually posted on Reddit the other day and this completely makes sense. Of course the Joker has a, has a grill. He's had his face punched in like 87 times by Batman, but it looks terrible. And I would happily suspend disbelief for them to have done something else with it. So he looks too much like a juggalo to me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of uh, the piece of it. Like, so here's the thing. I, 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 sincerely believe that Warner Brothers has done Jared Leto a huge disfavor in the way that they've done the the look of the Joker because the performance that that we see in the final bit of it looks like Leto is putting everything that he has into doing this um probably partly because the Joker is a fucking cool character and probably because the last two Jokers that we've had cinematically have changed how we viewed that character. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily trying to change what we've seen before, but he, he definitely wants to do it justice. I can tell that in the couple lines of dialogue that he has, but I have a real hard time getting past the look, the look. Uh, and my brother, uh, to his credit, who, who listens to the show regularly. So, you know, he's, a, he's, he, you know, he's gotta be related, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, he's not my wife and he's not your brother. Uh, okay. Yeah. Brother. That makes yeah. Sense. He he basically was like, look, dude, you got to get over it. Like, we can't make it different. So let's just go with it and see what it does. And he's right to an extent. Um, but man, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm having a hard time because I actually, th- this was probably the first encouraging bit 
that I've seen from the Joker. I really, the performance aspect of it to me looks pretty damn solid so far. Um, I'm not sure that it's going to be quite like Heath Ledger caliber, but it's definitely not going to be like a, oh my God, they, they completely just don't get this. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm having a hard, hard time getting past the look. And there's only like a few things about it that really, really drive me nuts. Um, you know, like I said, the gold grill is just way too over the top for me. Um, but the performance is so solid that I think that if the rest of the movie's any good, I'll be able to get past that and sort of see the the um, the character more. So um, I don't know about the Suicide Squad, but we're going to talk a lot about Batman uh, when we get to the Dawn of Justice stuff. But everything I'm seeing from the Batman side of this thing is looking pretty fucking cool. So totally. Um, before we get too far past, I mentioned my brother. Uh, you know, trying to coach me a little bit into. And uh, going along with the with the, the Joker, Joker a little bit, I have to give a shout out to my little brother Rob and his newlywed wife Kayla um, on their wedding this past weekend. Uh, congratulations to both of you two. Um, probably not going to spend a ton of time talking about it here, but I just I, I wanted you and everybody else to know uh, who might be listening to this that I, I had a blast at the wedding, uh, and I'm really happy for you guys. So thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, so, uh, guy. I've never met. No. Yeah. <laughs> anything you left on suicide squad you want to talk about yeah real quick i want to hit on the, going back to the joker not i don't want to trash the joker in this this is kind of a continuity thing to me so and we're going to talk about this in the donna justice uh discussion too but so everything that we see in the trailers for donna justice so far especially the new one that we're going to talk about is an older batman like maybe he's not even Batman anymore, and and the, the whole Superman incident like provokes uh, him into being Batman again and stuff. So, what are we seeing? Like he's obviously already had dealings with the Joker before, and the Suicide Squad. I'm I'm the way I'm looking at it, it is supposed to be part of the same continuity. So where does this Joker fit into the timeline? The timeline, or suicide? I mean, maybe we're looking at a movie that. Okay, so. It, it has to be since Man of Steel, because Amanda Waller specifically says the Superman incident caused these people to come out of the woodwork. Yeah, I'm really curious about that, too, because the, um, we can't talk a whole lot about that till we get into the Dawn of Justice trailer. But I, I think, yeah, we'll revisit this in a second. But, yeah. Um, the, the timeline, to me, does seem a little bit odd, based on what we've seen so far. And there's a lot of ways that they could fix it, or, or it's not even broken. We could just be misinterpreting. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> um, that's the dc way yeah but but uh yeah the timeline does seem odd like if you hadn't just reminded me that waller mentions the superman incident i would have said that um this is a uh prequel like it takes place some some place in the past uh, um relative to man of steel and Dawn of justice but uh now that you said that of course that can't possibly be true so unless we're seeing some flashbacks and she's recalling the suicide squad after previous missions or some shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to, we're going to dive right into Donna justice. I'm going to start with the, probably the very last thing that you're going to see um, on the, uh, on the post, which is the comic-con hall H panel. Uh, it was hosted by Aisha Tyler and they brought out Zack Snyder, uh, Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Uh, Holly Hunter, Gal Gadot, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Um, why can I not think of Superman's name? Superman. 
<laughs> um, God, it's bugging me because now I've lost it too. Um, Henry, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Amy Adams and Ben Affleck was there. Um, so, dude, I, I guess that's what I'm doing when I get home. I have not, I have not seen that yet, which uh, I, I blame nothing for other than that he just showed me it too, and I didn't think to look for. It. So, anywho, I, I only just uh, saw it today, and I, the reason I wanted to mention it first is because. Um, it's, it's a really, really cool look at how the different actors kind of see their roles within the movie. Uh, Zack Snyder kind of talks a little bit about his feelings toward making it. Um, and they actually showed the trailer that we posted the link to during this Hall H panel. Uh, So, um, one of the things I thought was cool about it, and you'll see this when you watch it, is Aisha Tyler actually directly asks, is this movie based on canon? Like, is this canonical with comic book lore and stuff like that? Um, and he gave the the answer that I thought he was going to give, which is um, a lot of the ideas that are in the movie are ideas that they, you know, sat in a room and discussed and threw around, but they wanted to pay homage to yeah, the different things. So um, without getting into too much of it, because Eddie hasn't seen it yet, go check it out. It's, it's badass. And I challenge anybody to look at the guys in that panel and tell me that Ben Affleck didn't put everything he had into doing this movie. Obviously the big split between him and, uh, and Jennifer Garner is public and was public at the time of this. So the dude, and you can tell when you're looking at him, he's got other things probably on his mind, but as soon as that camera's on him, when, when it comes to him for the question, he's fucking on. And that's, that's the sign of a professional, I think. Um, so, uh, anyway, I've been what it's at, uh, what it is. Uh, go go check it out. Um, the trailer itself, we posted two links. We posted a link to the actual trailer, uh, which is what three and a half minutes. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, it's a big a, trailer, it's a pretty decent sized trailer. Um, and then I posted another link that actually goes to a, a video that the guys from IGN that were at Comic Con they they actually recorded the the dialogue their dialogue to this at Comic Con as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I I. I I don't know if this was their first con or whatever, but they seemed pretty excited to be there. And there was stuff going on in the background a couple of times and they, they, they kind of geeked out on it a little bit, but um, it's about 15 minutes long. And actually what they did is they, they broke down the trailer step by step. Probably. Um, I don't know if Eddie and I could have done any better. So yeah. um, check that out too. Cause it's really cool, but without any, any further preamble or me rambling on. Um, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's, let's get the meat and potatoes of it. So um, I'm just going to start out with my favorite part of the trailer, which is actually kind of toward the end. Yeah. Um, Superman was fucking Batmobile in half. Yeah. <laughs> like... Okay. So they're, um, they really packed a lot of shit into the three and a half minute trailer. And as excited as I was after seeing what we've seen so far from Donna justice and the short teaser we have, I am so on board the hype train. Like I'm the fucking conductor of the hype train right now. Like, uh, there's so much great stuff. So that, that is probably the last scene in the trailer. Um, Okay, so pause right now. If you haven't seen it, go watch it because we're going to destroy it. And you really want to watch it before you have us talk over and you catch everything. And then after you listen to us talk about it, go back and watch it again because you'll see all this shit we're going to talk about in just a second. Please do watch it as a as a, as a a first-time fan, not a, not a grizzled veteran. Yeah. Okay, so that said, okay, everybody ready? All right, so there's so much cool shit that happens in this trailer. So the, the uh, penultimate scene in the trailer is the one that Matt mentions where um, Superman rips open the Batmobile and Batman just stands up like no no problem like 
Like he's just gonna punch Superman right in the face. Like he they, planned it that way. Oh yeah, he he. Um, ben Affleck sells Batman so hard right here. Like if again, if you have any doubt in that uh, Ben Affleck is not going to be a decent Batman, watch this trailer because I I don't think there can be any doubt left after that. Um, I'm I'm fully on board for Ben Affleck as Batman now. Um, and, and not that I wasn't probably after the last one, but. Uh, there, there is no longer any sort of question for me at all. This this movie did actually something that hasn't truly been done in my mind yet. Um, I was sold on Ben Affleck as Batman, like Ben Affleck under the cape and cowl. I never had a problem with that. I've from day one, I've been like, he'll be fine. I'm 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 kind of on the Kevin Smith side of things with with Affleck, where um, I I think Ben Affleck could play the shark and Joss. <laughs> so um but what this movie did or what this trailer did with for me um and this is going to actually be related to footage that we see more toward the beginning of the trailer this movie sold me on ben affleck as bruce wayne oh yeah the uh oh first off this is a great shot um if you google it um so the shot we're talking about is the shot where uh uh you see you know, heat vision basically ripping through downtown Metropolis and, and you know, shit's falling apart like it's 9-11. And uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Bruce Wayne rather, everybody else is running away from it and, and Bruce is running straight into it. And I think that's probably what he's talking about here when he's saying that this definitely sells you on Bruce Wayne. Um, just the looks on his face too, like the broody, like... Oh yeah, he he just nails it. I, um, I don't think we've seen... Actually, uh, I'll wait... I. I this is probably going to bite me if this movie sucks, but this looks to me like it could definitely be the best characterization of Bruce Wayne that we've seen yet. Yeah. I, I don't think Keaton quite got it right. He was a little bit too much Batman all the time. And, uh, um, Bale, Bale, I think was a little bit off too. He was a little too act like he was almost too much of a douchebag. Um, cause Bruce does have his redeeming qualities too, but I, I think this could be, uh, um, probably the best characterization of Bruce we've seen so far. So, but that scene, that seems awesome. And what I was going to mention here is go, go Google. They've done some side by sides and they actually, uh, what we're, what, what we're seeing in that scene is, uh, Bruce's view of the, um, fight between Zod and Superman at the end of Man of Steel, at the end of Man of Steel, where, where Zod's basically, uh, just unleashing the heat vision inside of the building. Um, and it's shot really well and they paid enough attention to the details that side by side, um, it makes sense. Like it looks like it could have been filmed at the same time, um, because they get the details of how the heat vision should cut through the building and stuff like that, right? Based on what Zod's doing in Man of Steel. Um, so that's that's that was a really cool takeaway from that part of the trailer too. Yeah, and and I think um, what they did. So one of the things I remember about Man of Steel, and and people talked about this a lot, is the sheer amount of destruction that oh, Zod yeah. and Superman caused during their fight. Um, and what Zack Snyder has done with this movie is completely genius. He's taking that that piece of... I, I don't even want to call it criticism, because I don't know if it was necessarily criticism. It was just an observation that, oh, hey, no, they I, fucked up a lot of shit. I saw a lot of people level that criticism of, oh, Superman's too dark. Superman pretty much fucking wrecked Metro- Metropolis, and then he killed Zod. You know, he killed. Superman doesn't kill. Yeah, and they're so they're taking that. And they're using that as a way to build the conflict between Batman and Superman, because I don't, and I don't, you know, if you notice, but after that shot, when he's when he's covering up the little girl, he's pissed off. 
there's a Wayne Enterprises sign, yeah. which I mean, I think the building that came down may he may have owned it, yeah. and and then that plays into another. Uh, piece later, which is uh, when he's looking at that Daily Bugle uh, article that somebody has written, you let your family die yeah. on it. And I don't know if that's a direct, like, obviously he was a kid when his parents got shot. So like, he didn't really yeah. have a lot of choice about that. I think what that's probably aimed toward is the people in that Wayne owned building yep. that died during that conflict. I agree. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really like that scene. Um, and, th- and I think that's exactly right. Uh, one of the things I think I've said, and I don't remember if I said it on the show, I think we might have briefly talked about Man of Steel in the first episode. But one of the things I've been saying about Man of Steel for a while is all of that destruction and chaos and shit like that and, and Superman killing, that's Superman's first run. Um, in fact, that was maybe the somewhat controversial choice about Man of Steel for me is they put Superman up against Zod on his first outing, essentially. Yeah. So Superman had been a, a superhero for all of 10 minutes. Um, so I, I expected them to wreck shit. And I actually, one of the things that I've been saying for a while is Superman is going to wreck shit. And I think that's going to play a big part in the second movie. And then especially once they said, um, it's Batman versus Superman, that, that to me became the obvious precursor. Superman fucked up the city. And so Batman obviously thinks there's going to be an issue. Yeah. And, and let's face it, Superman I mean, if, if, if you're willing to put yourself in a position where you can suspend your disbelief and believe in superheroes, Superman is the strongest individual on the planet. Yeah. Like, literally can tear planets in half if he's pissed off enough. So, anytime he's involved in a conflict, there's going to be damage. Yeah, shit's going to get broken. Yeah. So, um, and... You know, we see in the comic books as we read Superman comics and stuff like that, he refines his skills and he gets a lot better at, at handling these things without, you know, destroying everything in, in his path and stuff like that. But as as Eddie mentioned, this is Zod showing up on the planet is essentially why Superman became Superman because he needed to defend his new home against these potential invaders and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't... So far, I don't see that Zach has done anything wrong yet. No. I mean, we haven't seen the full movie. So. Actually, th- this may, um, I don't want to say retcon because that's not exactly the right word, but I think this is probably going to vindicate uh, um, some of the bigger complaints about Man of Steel. Um, there's still problems with that movie, don't get me wrong, uh, but I, one of the big things that I'd heard leveled against that movie a lot was Superman was way too destructive and, and that he killed was uh, um, sort of wrong for the character. And I... I I don't agree. I thought that was uh first of all, I I didn't I want to want to say I liked that he killed, but I thought that was a interesting way to go with a character that we haven't quite seen. And then the other thing that I was thinking about while you were just talking a second ago was uh we're seeing Superman in a in a new outing. Um he's just gone up against Zod. So Superman is basically like a baby superhero right now, which don't get me wrong, he's got a huge leg up cuz he's fucking Superman. Um but the Batman we're getting in this movie, no question is not a a uh, newbie Batman. This is a veteran Batman, and I think that's going to have a big. Uh, um, I, I think that's going to be an interesting uh, uh, characterization here between the two of them, uh, seeing a a fairly green Superman and uh, an experienced um, Batman go up against each other, and and I think that's probably going to be at least potentially one of the reasons why it's believable that Batman's got a shot. 
Yeah, yeah. And one of the things we didn't talk about either, too, which is the very, very beginning, like the opening sequence of this of this trailer, is it's it's Holly Hunter, as I believe. I think she's a senator or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, basically calling Superman out for all the damage that was done. You yeah. Know, you know, saying, we're going to hold you responsible for this. And to, I mean, I get it to some extent. I mean, it wasn't necessarily Superman's fault that these Kryptonians showed up and started, you know, trying to terraform the entire planet. Yeah. Um, but um, to his credit, like you see Superman kind of swoop in and walk in to the courtroom of his own volition, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I think that whole opening dialogue and, and just kind of the things that we see with, uh, with Bruce Wayne at the beginning and stuff, it really does kind of give us a clearer picture of the direction they're taking with the movie. Um, and I'm super stoked for it. Yeah. I really like that scene too, um, where you're talking about Superman kind of just casually walking through. Because he doesn't have to do that. Um, and that's one of the things I really like about, or th- that's really sort of quintessential to the Superman character, is uh, he doesn't have to do shit like that, but that's what you expect Superman to do, um, even though he's being prosecuted. And I don't know if it's prosecutorial at this point, um, but he's definitely in the hot seat here, and he doesn't have to show up. There's nothing he has to do. He could go be, you know, essentially Batman. Batman doesn't show up for shit like that. Batman uh, fucks up bad guys and then goes home, you know? Uh, whereas Superman, you know, sort of answers to the people and wants to be this inspiring figure. And, you know, uh, that, that part was very much, I thought, thought in that scene. Um, yeah. And, and I think it kind of plays a little bit off of the, um, you know, kind of the end sequence, um, in, in the final act of Man of Steel where it shows him. Yeah. Bringing no. back the drone that was sent to search, yeah. you know, for him and stuff like that. And just being like, look, leave me alone. Like. If I don't want to be found, there's nothing on this earth that you can do to find me. And just kind of left it at that. And then, but here he is, you know, you called me out. I'm here. Like, let's, let's talk about what you want to talk about kind yeah. of a thing. So yeah, no, I, I, I totally am, am digging it so far. Um, anything else about the trailer? Oh yeah. I got lots more. Okay. But okay. before that, we got to get refills. We do. And we're back. Okay. So more on. Uh, the Batman vs. Superman trailer, because actually some of my favorite parts uh, we haven't even touched yet. So Yeah, there's a big one. Yeah, there's a big one. So the big... There's a big red and yellow elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna play that out until it's dead tonight. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody that watches the trailer, you're going to see, uh, um, and obviously super suit, Batman looks on uh, um, broodingly, as Batman does. Um, or rather, Bruce, no, no, no cowl in this this one. Um, inside the cave, you can see the other, uh, the bat suit in the background, but he's looking on a suit inside the cave, which to me looks very obviously to be the Robin suit, got the right coloration, although, um, it's Zack Snyder, so it's, uh, it's Zack Snyder, so I'm not sure it's bronze or if he just turned down the saturation on everything. Um, and it's got, uh, ha 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 tagged all over the suit. Uh, um, you know, which of course is probably... I think so the joke's on you even, like, written on it, so... Yeah, so... Pretty uh, ominous. Pretty ominous. Um, and, and so, to me, it tells me two things. A, Robin exists in this universe, which is cool, um, as long as they don't do a shitty job at Robin, which uh, this suit is actually why I think they're probably not going to do a shitty job at Robin, because I think this suit is sort of the evidence that we're getting the Jason Todd story. Or at least, yeah. Or at least strong hints towards some something of that nature. Maybe he doesn't die, maybe Joker just fucks him up, but... 
Um, it seems very much like we could be getting the J- Jason Todd uh, uh, story. So if you're not familiar, um, Jason Todd was killed in in the comics. Uh, he was the second Robin. By the Joker with a crowbar. Um, it, and eventually he came back as the Red Hood. Um, you can actually go watch this. Uh, there's a DC animated uh, Batman under the Red Hood, which is, is really good. And there's a, a couple of really great Batman scenes in there. What makes the Jason Todd story even more sad is that DC actually put it up to a vote and left it up to the fans whether or not he lived or died. And <laughs> They were totally like, yeah, fucking kill him. Yeah, pretty much. And so, and, and not only did they do that, but they did it in one of the most brutal ways you could possibly have done it, which yeah. is at the hands of, of Joker. So, You know, and I don't think... Um, I think that's actually almost kind of a tribute to the fans because the easier story to tell, like the less interesting story, is to have had him live. Uh, and I don't know. It, I, w- I was not a, uh, um, really into the scene then, so I couldn't tell you if everybody just fucking hated Jason Todd I or just, thought that was somehow going to be... my. The, the only thing I have to say about that is how poorly was this character written that the, the fans were just like, nope, yeah, kill, kill, him. kill him. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I think it's incredibly likely that we're getting a Jason Todd story which leads me, uh, one of the things we alluded to in the trailer earlier is that we think Batman might have hung up the cape at this point. Um, yeah, it very much looks like that might might have been the case. Yeah, and I think this actually lends more credence to that rumor um, because I could see Batman hanging up the cape after Jason Todd. And that's, and that's I think, probably what makes it easier to pay homage to the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns yep. storyline. Um, it's not necessarily the same reason that he retired in that book, no. but it's a very good explanation as to why he was Batman. Things went well for a while until they didn't, his ward died, you know, and maybe I could be Jason Todd could be Dick Grayson could be Dick Grayson's in a wheelchair somewhere now could um, be, I mean, it could be a different I mean, we don't know necessarily yeah, they, they could have gone which Robin this would have been, but but I I really the idea the 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 idea or the one that I'm hitching my horse to is um this is Jason Todd's suit and Dick Grayson is in this world somewhere um hopefully as Nightwing so uh, which would fit the continuity I don't know if they're gonna stick Nightwing in there obviously I've heard nothing I've heard no casting rumors or anything like that but at least um to me this hints that Nightwing is, is something that exists in this world potentially. Um, so that scene is really cool. And that sort of ties us back into the whole suicide squad thing. Um, I'm wondering again, the timing of that, uh, um, you know, how it has, has, uh, Batman hung up the cowl, you know, how recently basically, um, compare it, compare the dialogue that we hear from the Joker at the end, the, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. Yeah. Maybe that's Robin. See, I was thinking that there is a, there is a Batman cameo. Yeah. So, I mean, this is purely conjecture Uh and neither one of us know what the fuck we're talking about, but watch the trailers. You have as much idea as we do as fans though. I mean, it's fun to think about the possibilities and, and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, man, this is my, this is my plea to DC right now. Um, because I, you've, you've done things wrong in the past DC and Warner brothers. We've been here before. Yeah. Um, you have an advantage that Marvel doesn't have. And I, when I say Marvel, I mean Marvel Studios and, and you know, Marvel, you Marvel about Company. <laughs> yeah, you have Batman. No. Yeah. 
No, Warner Brothers outright owns DC, and DC did not license out individual characters to other production companies for films. Warner Brothers does all the films, what have you. What about Fox? How does Fox fall into that? They don't. Isn't Deadpool? No, that's Marvel. That's Marvel. I'm sorry, I'm I'm being a dumb bastard. Cut that out. Yeah, that's not going in. Yeah. Uh, So, the advantage that you have in this case is you can use any character that you want from the DC universe and so much opportunity to do things right. So that's all I'm asking. Just do things right. Do things right. Marvel wishes right now that they could pull back that licensing from, you know, all the, all the other characters that they've licensed out, like the fantastic four, which I won't get into probably going to go see it at some point, if nothing else, just so I can talk about it on here and let you guys know whether it's good or bad. And if it's bad, hopefully save you from that terrible experience. Or if it's good, be like, hey, you know what? I don't think it's going to be as bad as the other one, but I also have almost no interest in seeing it other than the fact that I go see it pretty much all of these comic book types of things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and I don't want to drag this into a Marvel thing or anything like that, but they don't have that option. Like, they, they can't just put whatever character they want in... They, they're completely written out of telling some stories, at least uh, the way the canon told them, because they don't have the X-Men. They don't even have Spider-Man. And only until very recently have we gotten any sort of Spider-Man hints um, and ever that took, coming to that the Marvel took Universe. And possibly years. I mean, we don't know how long they've been discussing this with Sony. So Right. Um, um, Fantastic Four, obviously, is no Fox. longer... Yeah. Um, Deadpool, you know, previously mentioned Deadpool that I fucked up is... is um, and I don't know why I got that wrong. That's really stupid. Uh, probably because it's close to midnight. Yeah, it could be. But anyway, um, yeah, you're right. They, they don't have the option to do that at all with a lot of their properties. Um, and in DC, you know, they've got the whole Justice League extended roster if they wanted to get, get to it. So. Yeah, they could, they could like, pull Dr. Fate out of the hat and yeah. do whatever they want to or, or what have you. So um, the only thing that is weird is I think they can only use Batman in movies for whatever reason, because I know that um, specifically uh, Smallville, um, they brought in Green Arrow specifically because they couldn't use Batman for whatever reason. And so I I don't know what the legalities are around Batman for that, but they are doing some interesting or odd things like that with their properties. Because um, if you watch Arrow, uh, you'll note that Deadpool died a fairly well, both vague, um, as in he might not be dead, death, and um, fairly abrupt, too. Like, not a lot of send-off. Um, and the rumor is so because... Deadpool, I think you mean... Uh, dead shot. Excuse me. Dead shot. Yeah. Uh, in Arrow. They killed him, I, I think, because they wanted to use him in... Um... That's why he got confused. Yeah. There you go. They killed him because they wanted to use him for the Suicide Squad movie... Um, and they didn't want to confuse that. However, I don't know how that goes because we've got that happening with Flash. Yeah, um, we've got two different Flashes now. There, there's no way, and, and I think there, there can't possibly be any way they're going to kill off uh, Grant Gustin's Flash because that's got to be one of the most successful comic book shows, like, ever. No, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> speaking of comic book shows, did you watch Supergirl last week? No. Me neither. No. We've seen it. Forgot about it. Oh, we've seen it. Like, yeah. that's the problem with that pilot being leaked way early is now it's like see, the only I, reason I wanted to watch it was to see if it was the same yeah I was going to watch it too for that t- uh, that same reason to see how much how much they change because the one benefit of having the leak is that uh, they get some feedback before it ever actually airs for real so yeah um, um, but yeah I, I don't watch a lot of TV anyway but I just kind of completely forgot it existed so well it's the summer I'm not really used to the new shows yeah. come out in July so 
Um, anyway, back to back to Warner Brothers. Um, Zack Snyder and and company absolutely killing it with this last trailer. Oh yeah. So we talked about Robin. You said there was some other pieces. Um, yeah. There's at least uh, at least one other really great shot that I'm going to say again. You can see where they're taking their inspiration from on this movie because uh, one of the more iconic shots from uh, The Dark Knight Rises, the Frank Miller story, is um, uh, it's Returns. hard to describe, huh? Returns. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns. God, see, I, that one I fuck up all the time, too. Um, especially the initialisms. Uh, I, I can't ever remember if we're talking about Christian Bale or if we're talking about... Uh, well, and it's because, I mean, the the, the the Nolan movies where Batman Begins, that one's pretty easy. But then you have the Dark Knight, and, and then the you Dark have the Dark Knight, Knight Rises, Rises which yeah. is kind of... The I mean, it makes sense when you watch the, same, the movie, but... Yeah. yeah. But um, one of the, the iconic scenes from that... Uh, um, which if you, again, Google image search and you're going to kind of see the one where it's almost like a silhouette of Batman against the night sky. And that's in the trailer. Uh, Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. And we clearly see Batman using the grapnel, uh, uh, much more like the, the comic Batman, almost like Batman, the animated series, like, you know, cause he uses the grapnel a lot in that. And like, that was, yeah, that when I saw that, I was like, dude, yeah, it was pretty hardcore. So I, I really I'm loved starting to resemble Ezra Miller here. Yeah, <laughs> do you even understand? <laughs> um, yeah, but we're like this all the time. Um, yeah, that's true. We're just not. I <laughs> yeah. So uh, another really great scene in, in the movie, and again, uh, I think it's only a good thing that they're taking from the Dark Knight uh, Returns. Um, because it's it's one of the best stories, and if you're gonna tell a Batman versus Superman story, that's got to be the one you borrow from. Um, yeah. They're, they're, especially the, the penultimate line, which I don't want to spoil because uh, I don't think Matt's have you, you haven't seen it yet. We had, we talked about this a couple of days ago and you hadn't seen it. And we kind of decided that you just simply have to see or read the book before you go to the. the movie. Yeah, I actually am, am reading the uh, the the graphic novel right now. Perfect. Um, and I assume you mean like when you talk about the movie, you're talking about the animated. Yeah, the two part animated. Yeah. Um, you know, I for whatever reason didn't watch it, and I don't know why. I think I didn't watch it because I hadn't read the the, the comic the novel, book yet. Yeah. So actually, I did. I so this is kind of lame, but I didn't really know. Like, I, I hadn't really gotten into reading comic books much up until like the last say the last year or two. Um, so I think the the um, the movie, the animated movie, uh, uh, was sort of the precursor to me even under knowing that the Dark Knight Returns existed. So. I watched the, the, the animated movie. And then, of course, once I figured out what I did, I had to go back and read the novel. And I, and I love the, those are probably two of my favorite Batman's, or that's probably one of my favorite Batman stories of yeah. all time. Long Halloween, I think, is actually my favorite Batman story. Um, but, but, uh, uh, The Dark Knight Returns is definitely up there. So, uh, all good things in the trailer. And then, of course, like we said at the top, ends with that absolutely amazing scene with uh, Superman ripping off the, the uh, Batmobile's you know, hood and Batman Tearing it up. the fucking half is what yeah. I like to refer to it as. Yeah, because... Batman standing up to Superman and uh, not backing down at all. And again, the, this you feel Batman, the, the presence of Batman. Like, um, you, you know Superman could rip him in half if he wants to. And there is not the tiniest little bit of flinching on on the part of Batman See, at that. And I don't, I don't know that he could rip Batman in half. You know what I mean? Like Batman's yeah. always got that ace in uh, in his 
sleeve. There's like, that that's... line. I can't remember what book it's from. Um, but Batman says that at some point in one of the books, he says something like, uh, um, that, that's, that's how I know I'll win because Clark has a weakness that I don't like. Yeah. Well, he, and I'm going to pull this out of the, out of the comics. Battle, I'm going to totally geek out right now, but yeah. there's, there is a, um, there's a part of one of the Justice League comic books from the New 52 when they launched it and stuff. And it's, it's, uh, basically Clark figures out that Batman is keeping files on all the Justice League members. Yeah. And confronts him about it. Bruce Wayne takes him and I believe they're already in the cave. And so he takes him in and he shows them these boxes. And in these boxes are basically, um, things to help defeat the rest of the Justice League should they go wrong, should they go bad or whatever. You know, obviously in, in the Superman like box, the, there's kryptonite. The, the Tower of Babel story kind of... Um, yeah, I remember that. I think that's actually reasonably and, early in the, the New 52 run, yeah. so I remember, I remember that scene. Yeah, and, and basically his point, because Batman is disapproving of Clark and Diana's relationship, because in the New 52, and this is going to be a spoiler if you guys haven't read any of the New 52 stuff, but... Um, one of the things that Flashpoint did when it changed the DC universe into the New 52 is Lois Lane and Clark Kent are not married. They aren't even really romantically linked at this linked point yeah. at all. Um, and, you know, if that had never been a, an issue, like, it makes sense that Clark and Diana would have gravitated toward one another because they're essentially the two most powerful beings on the planet. Yeah, and also the two largest outsiders, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so he is, Batman is at this point disapproving of their relationship, and he shows uh, he shows Clark the box with the Wonder Woman logo on it, and he opens it, and it's empty. And the point he was trying to make is, if she goes rogue, and you side with her, we're, we're fucked. fucked. Yeah. Yeah, like there's essentially nothing that can be done, so tread lightly. And, you know, just be careful where this goes, because if she goes bad, I can, not even I can stop her at this point. Yeah. So, um, that, which I thought was really cool, um, because for everything else, Batman has a plan. And for Wonder Woman, there's no plan. Yeah, I, I really like that one, too, especially because if, if you watch the Justice League Doom movie, uh, um, and I don't remember how they did it in Tower, Tower of Babel. I don't remember how they took out uh, 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 Wonder Woman, but... Um, in the Doom movie, hers were hers was one of the weaker, I, I thought, plans of Batman's. Uh, um, some of the other ones were fairly obvious, but uh, um, yeah, that that was a very cool part in that for all the reasons you just talked about. Um, especially because that is one of the big big themes I think at that point in the book, which is the the two most powerful characters are, are virtually unstoppable if they decide to team up. So, um, especially for you know regular humans. Not that Batman's necessarily a regular human, but but he's but he, uh, biologically he is. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, there's not. I mean, genetically, you he can't has do no anything. Heat vision in most continuities. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, uh, not to stray too far off topic, but I mean, that's just. And speaking of Wonder Woman, we haven't even talked about this. We get to see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Um. We we see Wonder Woman in action. Um. She Not has, much. I mean, she's in like two shots. Yeah, but. she she can't be in more than like five frames or something like that. Um, 
And so I, I don't really know that I have anything new to say about that that I haven't already said. It still looks too small to me. Otherwise, fine. Um, and she doesn't really... I don't think... I can't remember if there's even a speaking line. I kind of liked how she looked in motion. Yeah. And, okay, you, you brought up an interesting point, too, with the speaking part. Because she doesn't talk at all in the trailer. There's no there's no yeah. dialogue. Um, and it, it's going to be really interesting how this plays out. Because Gal Gadot has a pretty thick accent hmm. when she talks. And a lot of actors do, but they don't when they're on screen. It'll just be interesting to see how what, that plays uh, out. What sort of accent? I, honestly, th- this is probably my bad because I've never seen anything Gal Gadot's been in. Foreign. No, I don't remember where she's from. From not from here, Landia. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just don't remember where she's from. So not trying to discredit her uh, by any means. I just, I don't remember. So See, that would have been more of a concern to me in the past, but there have been so many actors in recent memory that have done uh, just fine. Like, notably, Christian Bale. Um, Christian Bale, obviously, is... Completely cons- English. Completely English. And you, uh, if you didn't know that already, go go read that because that'll blow your mind or go Google that um, footage of Christian Bale talking in his normal accent. Even more mind-blowing would be somebody like Hugh Laurie to me. Hugh Laurie, yeah. very, very British again, um, but you probably know him from House, in which he sounds completely American. In fact, uh, when they were casting that role, the rumor is, or the, the, the uh, story was that they were casting an American, obviously, and uh, Hugh Laurie didn't even bring up the fact that he was British. He just went in and did an American accent, and I, that was sort of an after-the-fact. Yeah, I think I heard Brian Singer is the one that told that story, Yeah, because he was casting for that. Yeah. Um. So, interesting thing, too, a funny Christian Bale story um, is in the Hall H panel that we linked to uh, that Ben Affleck tells. So, Oh, really? Yeah, definitely watch it. Okay. For that. I'll, I'll go back and... Yeah, I'm going to watch that anyway, so... Um, so, we need to talk about a couple things at this point. Um, and we're kind of on a Batman roll, so let's roll into it. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck and um, over Comic-Con this weekend, it was, it, it was posted that Ben Affleck is possibly directing a standalone Batman movie and also co-writing it with uh, DC's Jeff Johns, who writes a lot of the big major crossover storylines. Yep. Um, which, honestly, if you've seen any of the movies that Affleck has directed... Oh yeah, that was the part I hit. You want any? There's no criticism there. Uh, yeah. Ben Affleck is is a fucking good director. So, um, and then Jeff Johns, the one thing that Jeff Johns has that a lot of comic book writers really lack sometimes. I'm not saying this for everybody, just some of them. Um, Jeff Johns really gets these superheroes. Like he's he's able to, I think, kind of appreciate where he's at as a writer by putting himself in the position of, of he's, he's a comic book fan. Yeah. And I think, I think that says that, I mean, that, that rings true in his writing. Um, I've mentioned this before. Jeff Johns, uh, resurrected Hal Jordan from the dead, um, to give us the green lantern that we have today, which even, even after the big changes with the new 52, the green lantern universe ultimately didn't really change a whole lot because there wasn't really anything broken with it. Yeah. Um, it, they, they put together a really good story, um, he's not writing Green Lantern anymore, which I was sad about. Um, but the work that he's done with Justice League has more than made up for it. Um, and just the fact that I think... So a lot of people may not know this, but Ben Affleck is a comic book fan. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of Kevin Smith's movies and you've ever watched any of the, the DVDs with the director's commentary and stuff like that, they they talk specifically a lot about Affleck and... 
um, in his his love for you know comic book media. Do, doesn't like that. it seem like every time I read anything about Ben Affleck, he always seems like that guy that's just too handsome to be just a regular old nerd, like. Yeah, but he totally is. Yeah, but he totally is. Like, um, you know, his whole involvement with Jay and Silent Bob and stuff like that, it seems much more representative of who Ben Affleck is, at least from what I've seen of him. But, but Ben Affleck, every time I see him, seems like a totally down-to-earth guy. Interesting story about Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith, and I don't know if you've, you've heard this. Uh, if any of you listening to this have listened to Kevin Smith's podcast, you've heard it. Um, but... Kevin Smith actually lives in Ben Affleck's old house on the Hollywood Hills. Oh, that's funny. Um, he rented it from him at first, and then uh, he decided just to sell it to him. Yeah. Because that was when they, they kind of decided to live there permanently and stuff. The office in that house has a button that opens a bat cave. Now, this bat cave just happens to be like a closet where they store like wrapping paper and shit and stuff like that. <laughs> but Ben Affleck built himself a Bruce Wayne office with so a secret a... entrance to a bat cave in it. See, like, if you ever wanted an example of why I would want to be rich, like, it'd be for shit like that. Like, Well, and I think it... I, I mean, anybody who questions, did they cast the right person as Batman? The dude built a fucking secret entrance to a bat cave in his house. Yeah, that he can actually act as a sort of tertiary at that point. Yeah. So, anyway. I, I mean, that's... That, the guy gets a lot of shit. And you see, he does, but that, uh, it's kind of funny because, um, Ben Affleck has done some really great stuff and he's done some fucking terrible stuff. You like, know what Ben Affleck has done that's gotten him the most criticism? He really fucking, like, he wears his fucking heart on his sleeve. Like, he puts his heart out there. Like, the uh, whole thing with Jennifer Lopez, like, he wouldn't have done the, those shitty movies Gilly if he wasn't. Movie, yeah. And he, it's just because he really likes the person he's with. Like, and I, I get it. Yeah, I, maybe there's something to be said for that. I don't know what what's the explanation for uh, Electra, uh, or uh, not Electra, but um, Daredevil. I mean, actually, the explanation is pretty simple. The, the writing of Daredevil, the writing was terrible, and the directing was terrible. Yeah. Like it was a horribly directed movie. So anyway, I think that's when you're talking about Ben Affleck getting hate. I think part of it is, is uh, the, his low spots have been pretty low. Um. And yeah, he he's too pretty to like not be a little bit dickish, jealous of you know like yeah. Well, and here's the thing, I, and I don't want to I don't want to sit here and tell uh, other stories that other people have told yeah too minute too much. But like Kevin Smith talks about this too in um, I think it's an evening with Kevin Smith yeah uh, the DVD which that's a fun that's a fun watch. There's yeah. three of them actually now, but um he was he was writing Jersey Girl specifically for Affleck because of the character that he played in Chasing Amy. He really liked that. Yeah. And asked Kevin Smith to write him something else and he, he kind of already had Jersey Girl in mind and stuff. And so, but it, it, he ended up getting cast in Daredevil or getting offered the, the role, you know, in Daredevil. And Kevin Smith was kind of like, not he wasn't really going to prevent him from doing the movie, but like yeah. they already had the schedule worked out and stuff like that. And, and, the filming of Daredevil was going to conflict with that. And he was like, man, he's like, you don't understand. He's like, I'm never going to get a chance to play Batman. This is probably as close as I'm going to get. Like, just let me go do this thing, <laughs> you know? 
and and then I'll come back and do your movie and stuff. And um and the, like the punchline is that he put him through the paces and made him like agree to do this for like way less than scale and stuff <laughs> like that. And he didn't have the script finished yet. Yeah. So I mean that's, that's just that's Kevin brilliant. Smith for you. But even better, I, I hope that's a quote. I'm never gonna get to be Batman. It kind yeah. I mean and that's that's the thing. And now all of a sudden like the dude gets to play Batman. It's the character that like he really kind of. The, the sort of dream role. Like, I think every actor has this dream role, and I would not be surprised at all to hear Affleck say that, that this was his. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, he's got a he's got a son, too. And, like, his kid's kind of into superheroes and stuff. And, like, you get to be Batman for your kid. Oh, no shit. Like, you know he's taking the costume home for birthdays and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like, I'm not an actor, but I would, like... I would absolutely do that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it might be the worst Batman movie ever made, but I would be like, guess what? Daddy's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, really we, we excited. Just go on like a like a little bet Ben Affleck love session there. Like, yeah. Ben, don't get me wrong. Uh, no, we could go out. It's fine. Yeah, I would totally fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that's uh, yeah, that's that might get weird, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll leave it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think the last bit of news we got this week is uh, um. More Batman news. Uh, the Killing Joke is going to be made into a, a DC animated film, which, being one of the other, you know, sort of best Batman stories of all time, uh, sounds amazing. So, yeah. Um, anybody that hasn't read The Killing Joke needs to. Yeah. Um, and so, like, uh, it take you like 45 minutes. So, if you haven't read it, go get it, pause this come back yeah um but it's essentially like the main like the ending is really what makes this what it is in the killing joke like that's really the only way i can put it and that is the basically destruction of batgirl yeah um if you want to talk about darker you know where the um so a lot of people are probably familiar with the Joker through the '90s Batman series, and then you've got the campier, you know, '60s series and things like that. And even you got a slightly darker Joker uh, um, in the um, '89 movies. Oh, Batman. Yeah. Then you've bit. got sort of the, what I would call now the modern Joker, which would be Ledger's Joker, and I think that it's along the lines of the Joker we're going to see in um, uh, uh, Suicide Squad and whatever Batman properties he happens to belong to this time around. Um, the Killing Joke is one of the, the penultimate sort of stories where that dark Joker really comes from. So, yes and no. Because The Killing Joke is newer than The Death of Jason Todd. Mm. Um, but, it, it's... We'd only seen Joker lash out and be that violent that one time with Jason Todd. Yeah. And... Because the whole thing was kind of gimmicked by DC putting it up to a fan vote and this, that, and the other thing, like, we just kind of accepted it for what it was, and then we moved on to the Joker that, you know, breaks out of Arkham, does some stuff, yeah. and then gets captured and put back in Arkham and all that kind of stuff. And it kind of, that cycle kind of repeated itself, and then you have the same comic book Joker, only, like he's turned up to 11 now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which if you don't get that also pause this and go watch Spinal Tap because you'll, you'll, you'll thank me for it later. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, uh, it, it was, it was, I mean, we can do what we do with the Joker in the movies and, and people will be like, man, that's awesome. Like Heath Ledger, when that guy got cast, I was like, what? Yeah, everybody was. Um, and we, I think we've said this in the show multiple times now, like we're going to hold reserve judgment for casting now a little bit because, uh, we've been wrong before and I'm not going to lie. I was completely wrong about Heath Ledger when I heard he was cast as the Joker. Yeah, I, thought, I was like that dude no, from 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. There's no like, way that's going to work. And, yeah. and of course it turns out that he was totally brilliant. So yeah. Like ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, that being said, like we, we can see those things because of the actors that portray them and they bring a little something different to the role and stuff like that. But the actual comic book character of the Joker, like just, went fucking nuts in the killing joke and yeah. go go get it and read it like you are doing yourself a disservice if you could if you consider yourself a batman fan and have not read that book you really kind of you to. probably need to be caned or something of that nature um and, and anybody that's that's seen it um, you know his the portrayal of the Joker with the you know the camera and the the Hawaiian shirt with the the hat. That's that's where that comes from. Is is from that that story. Yeah, it it's one of my favorite uh, Batman stories uh, for sure. So it's one of the only hardcover graphic novels that I own. Hmm. And actually, I don't even own it. It Belongs to my wife because she's a big fan <laughs> there too. <laughs> um. All right. Um, I think that's all we got for this week, folks. So uh, we'll see you in a week. Um, is that really all we have? Did you not watch any Stargate? No. I have not done anything. You had one job. Yeah. I'm, it okay, turns you, out I'm terrible at it. Turns well, out actually, you have, yeah, I have, several I have jobs. actually a, a job. And um, if you're listening to this, you probably have noticed that the episodes have been coming out a little bit sporadically. We're working on that. The issue being that uh, I haven't edited them on time at all. So Nor have I sent them to him to edit yeah <laughs> so, so um, yeah we're, we're figuring that shit out and that's been what i've been spending most of this week doing is editing the show because um for those of you that want to do a half decent podcast one of the things you're going to find out really quick is it takes you an inordinate amount of time to edit it if we talk for an hour it means i probably spend three editing so we've actually uh dialed ourselves in pretty decently he's not editing nearly as much yeah, as no, he used the last, to the last couple episodes um i was probably down to not quite one to one, but pretty close to one to one. So um, this is this is actually kind of um, gonna be a um, this is me asking you guys uh, for help, and I'm not asking for money. Um, I would like money. I would like money too, but I would like to get money from like Reebok or something. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I, do, I, do that's they, totally the sponsor. Is Reebok still around? Yeah, <laughs> I, I could I, I could totally see us like. Uh, selling shoes yeah um so you know phil knight nike if you're listening to this we were just kidding about reebok nobody even remembers them. yeah uh, totally take your money too but anyway um no we we have a uh some tools to kind of let us know when we're being listened to and how often they, that kind of a thing um turns out that some of you actually do listen to the show uh, yeah which thank you we're excited about yeah um but we don't know that unless we actually kind of like sift through some of the the seedy underbelly of the internet and and pull that information out. Yeah. So if you could do us a solid, if you listen to the show, if you like it, send us an email. Questions at whatever show or I'm sorry, questions at whatever.co. Let us know what you like about it. 
Um, so we can continue to do that. Um, if you listen to it and you don't like about it, send us an email. Go fuck yourself. Oh, yeah, send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, also, if you're a podcast producer and you have a particularly good methodology um, for tracking uh, tools and, and things like that for follower accounts and subscriptions and stuff like that, that would be helpful, too. But now we're getting pretty meta. So, um, And I think I kind of got that figured out. But, you know, that's the fun part of producing your own podcast is you learn as you go. Yeah. Um, no, like, my, my point is, like, I really – I. I Tell us, man. Like, hey, I listen to the show every week or, you know, whenever it's posted because you guys are lazy. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. you know, I'm a subscriber. Like, my iTunes sends it to my iPhone, like, yeah. as soon as it comes out. Uh, and just just tell us because we don't actually know. Like, I know one person that listens to the show regularly and we talked about him already. So I'm not going to I'm not going to yeah. jerk him off anymore. <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus we need to have others so so it's not like oh my brother listens to the show yeah i mean my, it, my, my mom don't does. get me wrong rob i think it's cool you listen to the show but again yeah all right everybody um thanks uh as always like you said before you can email us questions at whatever.co you can tweet us at whatever, at whatever show, show um and facebook.com slash whatever show if you want to uh go on the facebook route so We'll see Subscribe ya. to us on iTunes. It's there. And are we on Stitcher? I don't know. No, we're probably no, not. Unless should unless Stitcher pulls feeds over automatically. Um, Yeah, I didn't really realize Stitcher existed until a couple of weeks ago, but it turns out it's like a pretty big deal. Yeah. That should tell you exactly, you know, how professional we are with the, the podcast. So anyway, yeah, yeah, hit us up. Um, We'll see you guys next week. All right. Good night, everybody.